The Bob Murphy Show, episode 231. Get ready for another episode of The Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. It's your source for commentary and interviews conducted by a Christian and economist. Now here's your host, Bob Murphy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bob Murphy Show. This one is yet another episode that I'm going to sneak into my series that I've been doing on Klaus Schwab. So in other words, to be clear, this is not going to be about Klaus Schwab in case you had your hopes up. But this is topical and it's an area where I think I have some insider knowledge. And since probably no one else is going to be able to do this episode the way I can, it's up to me, gosh darn it. So what happened is back in... December of 2020, Thad Russell on his unregistered podcast had a guest named Stephen Kirshner. And let me just read to you. So this was episode 142 of Thaddeus's podcast. All right. And of course, I'll put links to all this stuff, folks. You want to go to bobmurphyshow.com slash 231 for all the links here. So this was episode 142 of unregistered. And like I say, it ran December of 2020 is when this particular thing originally ran. All right. And let me just in Thaddeus's own words, say what he said was the focus or the topic of this episode. Stephen Kirshner is a professor of philosophy at the State University of New York at Fredonia and the most renegade academic I have found. We talked about his many books in which he argues with scholarly rigor and precision that veterans don't deserve our gratitude, that if it were logically consistent, the pro-life movement would be killing lots of people, that there is no basis for morality or responsibility, and that many adult child sexual relationships should be defended. This might have been the most fun I've ever had talking to a professor. Okay, so there you have it from the horse's mouth. It wasn't a... uh, I found these views to be morally repugnant. Well, how could he say that? Because there's no basis for morality, according to the guest. And Thad had fun talking to him about the topic. And but I, gosh darn it, people need to have a platform, if only to show the abhorrence we should have of his views. Well, that's why I gave this man a platform. But oh, oh, it turned my stomach to even hear the... No, he said it's the most fun he's ever had talking to a professor. Okay, and if you watched even two minutes of the interview, you would see Thad was in wholehearted agreement with the spirit and often the letter of what Kirshner was saying. All right. Now at the time, when I listened to it, I was stunned at where they took it. So it was not merely, hey, let's get rid of age of consent laws. It was far deeper than that. And like I said, that quote, many adult child sexual relationships should be defended, not you shouldn't go to prison for these things. It was much more than that, all right? And so at the time I did a response, it was bobmurphyshow.com slash 180, if you want to go see that. And I called it, after further review, it's still wrong for adults to sleep with kids, right? And that came out in February of 2021, all right? So that was my take on there. And I didn't just, you know, guffaw and then say, oh, I'm so shocked, shocked I am. How could they say things? I went through and just said, okay, fine, let's take them at their word and just go through the arguments because it wasn't merely, in my opinion, that their conclusions were shocking and repugnant. It was that their arguments were really sloppy and goofy. And so I went through and in my mind, did a pretty good job picking them apart just for the record so that later, you know, I could say, hey, I did my part. All right. Now, it is true they were crickets, right? I had people at the time saying, hey, good job. I've been privately messaging me saying, yeah, I can't believe nobody cared if Thad did that. But there really was not an, an outcry over Thaddeus's episode. It wasn't a big deal. But then in the summer, and I don't know why it resurged. Is that a word? But then in the summer of 2021, 
all of a sudden it got hot again, like on Twitter. And I saw people tagging me and saying, well, Bob Murphy at least did a takedown of him, you know, soon after that episode dropped. And, you know, people were mad at Thad. I think what it was is somebody posed a hypothetical to him on Twitter and then Thaddeus responded in a very unambiguous fashion that made clear what his position was on this stuff. And then people were freaking out about what Thad said on Twitter back in the summer-ish of 2021. And that's what, for whatever reason, caused this thing to become an issue again. All right, so it flared up then, and then it died down again, and then nobody cared. And then now, for some reason, well, I know what happened is that the Twitter account called Libs of TikTok by which I think they mean liberals, not libertarians, grab some clips from the original December 2020 unregistered interview, the video, where he, where Thaddeus and this professor Kirshner are joking around and like, whoa, what are you doing making, you know, you're going to get fired. You're talking about this. And, you know, you're talking to a guy who's been making arguments in favor of adult child sex for 20 years or whatever. And so it was if you just saw those clips, you'd be like, whoa, like they, they went to the meat of the, of the interview and, and showed some pretty shocking things, right? And so then for whatever reason, that finally gained traction. And then Thaddeus, you know, I don't know if it's because his advertising was threatened or he's not getting invited to conferences or whatever, but for whatever reason, this all of a sudden made him do a complete about face because when I first did my takedown, Thaddeus was just joking around. Right. He obviously didn't care. He was, you know, thought it was funny and that this is relevant. So I'll tell this part of the story. Well, let me finish the train of thought. Otherwise, I'm going to forget it. So back when, you know, I did my critique, Thaddeus was aware of it. You know, I don't know if somebody sent it to him or if I linked to him. I don't remember. And Thaddeus responded, but he did it real coyly and, you know, just tried to do a slippery thing to make it. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I'll come back to that part. I won't forget about what his response was to me. And then, but it was clear, you know, no regrets on Thaddeus's part. You know, I'm out here at Renegade University. That's what we're all about over here is pushing the envelope, talking about the things that, you know, you guys like you, Murphy, are too cowardly to bring up. Okay, so that's what his stance was then, and which is fine. You know, I even said in my original podcast episode, hey, guys, if you agree with me or whatever, don't, you know, try to get Thaddeus fired or whatever, because that's that's what he wants. I think I said he wants to be the Lenny Bruce of political philosophy or podcasting, something like that. All right, that that's how he's holding himself up. So an effort to scare him or to punish him for his heretical views that would make him sleep well at night. Then he would know he's doing a good job in his, you know, if if good was a thing in his worldview. Okay, so I, again, I was not calling to cancel Thaddeus back then. I wasn't saying to people, you need to stop listening to him or, you know, my colleagues need to stop going on his show. I didn't say anything like that. And also, too, and let me say that here, I was not saying, hey, everybody, I am a good Christian. I am better than most of you, and you should live up to my moral standards because I have never sinned in my life. That's not what I was saying. I was saying the way Jesus went after the Pharisees because they were teaching false doctrines to the masses. That's what I was doing because he had two PhDs on this, you know, Thaddeus unregistered episode who were giving what I thought were horrible arguments that among other things said the pro-life movement should be engaging in mass murder of abortion doctors and morality doesn't exist. And hey, all these objections people raise against adults having sex with children, you know, if you think about them, actually, these are all silly objections, right? And so I was going through as another academic, as you may recall, I ended the episode by saying, so Bob, you're offended as a Christian? And I said, no, I'm offended as an academic. A little reference to Seinfeld there. Okay, so let me reiterate that. I am not here saying I am a better person than that or anything like that, or that, you know, my life is unblemished by mistakes. Not claiming that, right? I'm not saying I'm not here as a smug, moral, righteous position. What I am saying is, Back then, he was advancing terrible arguments in defense of evil things. And so that's why I was going against it. So at the time, again, like I say, he was very smug and jocular about the whole thing. He was crushing it in his mind. Hey, that's what Renegade University is all about. For whatever reason, with this controversy that erupted because of the libs of TikTok expose, Thaddeus is like a different man, Okay. In fact, his very next episode after the controversy dropped, he found God. I'm not kidding. He did. <laughs> That's what it was, right? So he's a new man. And then he went and appeared on Michael Malice's podcast to set the record straight. 
And he was just, oh, I mean, wow, I, the very idea that somebody, people could have attributed these views to me, I, I don't know. Okay, and so what I'm saying is he's lying through his teeth, all right, the, what he was saying to Malice. Right? And I will give you several examples of that. But before I jump into that, what I'm going to do right now, just to outline of this episode, is go through first Thaddeus made some argument. He went on Twitter, he had like a thread when this controversy first erupted, the, the recent one with the Lives of TikTok expose. And so, so he went through and, and defended himself on a long Twitter thread. So I'll first hit some of the arguments there. And then after that, I'll go through and rather than try to do it by category, I'll just go through chronologically, if that's the term, through Malice's podcast and hit some key excerpts and then give my response to show that, like I say, Thaddeus is being... Well, he's being that. He's being very slippery. So for those of you who are familiar with my interactions with him, originally he had me, it wasn't on his unregistered podcast. It was, I don't know what, what it would have been called. I think it was just like a, a session for people who are attendees of Renegade University. It was like a, you know, a bonus Q&A or something where he had me. And that's where there I was just talking to him about, you know, he had me talking about economic stuff, but I, I agreed to do it and said, hey, I actually wanted to reach out to you about us having a debate on this postmodern stuff and, you know, in particular your views on men and women and how those categories are meaningless and so forth. And that's when I first got a taste of it, that I had seen him on Rogan clearly saying in the particular interview I had in mind, he said it twice that he thought, you know, the distinction between men and women was meaningless. So I brought that up when I was talking to him and I wanted to talk, you know, discuss that. And he was like, no, no, I didn't say that. And so that was, like I say, my first inkling that you know, how can, how can you even debate with this guy? He just says one thing. And then when somebody calls him on it, he just says, no, I didn't say that. And, okay. All right. So that's what we're do documenting in this episode. Now, circling back, when my critique originally dropped in February of 2021, you know, referencing a thing that had happened two months earlier, on Twitter, Thaddeus was being Thaddeus and... You may recall some of you that in my original pushback against this unregistered episode featuring Thad's interview with Stephen Kirshner, I had some caveats. So one I already talked about, I said, look, I'm not here to say, oh my God, there's people, you know, pedophiles are bad. I'm a good guy because I hate pedophiles. Yay me. That's not what I was doing. I was addressing their allegedly scholarly arguments in defense of many adult child sexual relationships and other things they said on that episode. But another thing I said was, hey, folks, as you know, or as you may know, I'm a pacifist and an anarcho-capitalist, a philosophical anarchist. And so I don't even think the state should exist. And in general, I don't think the way to deal with crime is to physically harm people, to commit violence against them, taking humans and throwing them in cages as a way to train them to stop doing things that we as society don't want them to do. I think that's counterproductive. Right, so and with that framework, then I said on a specific application here, I said, you see it all the time on the internet. Whenever a case of a pedophile comes up, you get tons of people sitting there talking about all the ways they would torture the guy to death. And, you know, and that's supposed to prove how much they care about kids or whatever. And I said, you know, I, so I'm not into that. I don't, I don't think that does anything. I don't think that protects kids. I don't think it's the pedophiles who go out and do things against kids didn't realize that society was against them. Although interviews like Thad's are helping to turn the tide on that one. You know, that it's not an intellectual mistake. It's not like, oh yeah, I could see how I would want to go rob a bank, but you know, they put a lot of penalties in place. So maybe I will rationally choose not to. Like to me, that's not the, the way we should address the fact that some adults do horrible things to little kids. Okay. And so I said in particular, then I'm not here talking about that. I want the state to go and round up convicted pedophiles and do th bad things to them to punish them. I'm talking about the morality of it. All right. So that's the framing I gave to that episode. And so when Thaddeus came across it, what he said to me, and this was on February 11th, 2021 at 4.37 PM, I'm looking at the tweet. He said, Bob, well, he didn't say Bob. He, he was responding to me though. He said, did I hear you say you don't want the state to punish adults who have sex with minors? And because he had been being so slippery instead of me saying, blah, 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 I just said, yes, like to show Thaddeus, this is what it looks like when someone actually honestly answers a question about what their position is, because apparently he's unfamiliar with what that looks like. So I just said, yes. And then he wrote back, 
the name of the Lord and then said, you know, Jesus Christ, that is radical exclamation point. Welcome aboard, Bob. Okay. And then I follow that up with, and I can't see this because I just have a screenshot of the earlier part. I followed that up with me saying something like, wow, Thad, for someone who's written a history of renegades in the United States, I'm surprised you've never encountered anarchism before or maybe pacifism. I don't remember. I was one of the two. Like to show that, yes, my answer to your question is just an implication of the fact that I'm a pacifist or an anarchist. I don't remember which one that I cited. Okay. So it would have been clear to anyone reading that, that he was doing a gotcha. And I went ahead and, and took the bait, bit the bullet, and then gave the context in my answer. So apparently what happened is when the libs of TikTok did their expose on Thad, they came across that Twitter exchange. And they also took a small screenshot just showing Thad's question to me, my me saying yes. And then him saying, wow, that's radical. Welcome aboard, Bob. So everybody who had seen those clips of Thaddeus interviewing Kirshner and who didn't know who I was would have thought that I agreed with Thad because of the way, you know, he did his gotcha there. So what happened is I'm minding my own business. I went on Twitter. I did some dad joke. Like literally it was a stupid pun dad joke. And then some people in the comments were saying things like, you're disgusting, or you should stop talking about God because, you know, my pinned tweet says, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. You should stop talking about God and repent. And I was like, I grant you, my dad joke may have been a bit lame, but surely this response is over the top. And what happened is, like I say, that that's just when the stuff was breaking and some people were posting the screenshots to say to me, you know, you're disgusting. You ought to go whatever. I don't think anybody literally said I should kill myself or anything like that, but there were some strong words. Okay. So I had to set those people straight and just sent them the link to my Captain Obvious episode responding to Thaddeus so they could see the response. But my point is, this is why the way he framed that is crystal clear in my mind is because that hit me like a freight truck that morning too. And so you'll see why I'm bringing that up. I'm not merely griping, but it's relevant. Okay, so now let's go through Thaddeus's Twitter thread where he responds to the fact that, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, people would have attributed strange views to me just because I interviewed this guy. And so, okay, so he starts out, Unregistered 142 featuring my interview with Stephen Kirshner, a professor of philosophy at Fredonia University, was released in December of 2020. Since then, many thousands of people have watched or listened to the interview, and there was little controversy over it until early Wednesday morning when the Libs of TikTok Twitter account posted a short clip of the portion of the interview in which Kirshner and I discuss age of consent laws. In the clip, I say that for many years as a teacher and writer, I have been, quote, making arguments in defense of adult child sex, end quote. So I'm still reading from Thaddeus, but he was quoting himself. So he used quotation marks there. So I'm still going through this Twitter thread. Over the last 36 hours, I've received hundreds of death threats and been called a pedophile and pedophile apologist. In the interview, Kirshner and I conducted an academic analysis of the philosophical justification of age of consent laws in the United States. We did not discuss our feelings about pedophiles. So let me do that now. I have stated publicly before that I believe that adults who cannot control their sexual urges with children should be incarcerated in concentration camps, separated permanently from both the civilian and regular prison populations. I want to kill adults who rape children. These powerful, extreme feelings I have about the matter are held by many people, but they stop us from thinking rationally about the laws that have been enacted largely in their name. Because of the taboo on discussing the subject, few Americans know that there are nearly one million people on the sex offender registry for life. Those registered as sex offenders are legally barred from living in large portions of the country and denied access to employment, housing, da 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 Okay, so he goes through and says why. If you end up on this sex offender list, it's bad. All right. Okay. Their names and faces are reported to the public and vigilante groups hound them out of their homes. Their lives are virtually ruined. For the re registered sex offenders who raped a child, this punishment is insufficient. We must segregate them completely from the rest of society. But for many other people on the registry, this punishment is a clear injustice. The, quote, adult child sex I have defended includes that between a 19-year-old boy and his 15-year-old girlfriend, which according to our law is an act of a pedophile and is punished as such. The United States has among the highest age of consent laws in the world, and almost no other country would the 19-year-old be punished. Hundreds of thousands of people on the sex offender registry in the U.S. were convicted as teenagers. The, quote, adult child sex I have defended also includes the countless marriages that according to the law began as statutory rape. 
Would those who call for feeding me into a wood chipper want to do the same to all the men and women whose current relationship with an adult began in violation of the age of consent laws? And he goes on, but I'll stop there. So if you just read his thread, you would think that what Thaddeus was defending in his interview with Kirshner was things like, oh yeah, technically, you know, a guy is a few years older than his girlfriend and he crosses the legal line and then, you know, he's 19 and, she, and the girl's only 15 and and then this is, you know, that's not, that's not the same thing as, you know, some dirty old man getting an eight-year-old to come into his van with lollipops and then doing stuff, right? That's what you would think. And you might say, okay, that I can, you know, it's a hot subject and maybe I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole, but I can see why you're going there because yes, this is, crazy. If your real concern is that there's people on the sex offender registry list that we would all agree is not the same thing is the, what we mean in popular context when we talk about, oh, I hate pedophiles. And Thaddeus is being clear here that what he thinks ought to be done with pedophiles is they should be at least sent into concentration camps. And, and you know, he personally wants to kill them. And he'll, he says that in his interview with Malice. Not meaning he personally thinks they ought to be killed, but that that would be his emotional response. And, you know, maybe we don't act on that because obviously... As civilized adults, we sometimes check our emotional reactions to things. Okay. So what I would say is no, that is no. Okay. So one little rhetorical trick he did there, he wasn't saying the only adult child sex I have defended. He was saying the adult child sex I have defended includes that between a 19-year-old boy and his 15-year-old girlfriend. Okay. So that would be like somebody who was saying, I think we should get rid of all laws against assault and battery saying the assault and battery in quotation marks interactions I have defended include some woman who throws a drink in the face of her boyfriend who gets caught cheating on her. And, you know, in, in one crazy case, 17 years ago, she was prosecuted for assault and battery, you know, and she called him a, an SOB while she threw a drink in his face and then he sued her and won. All right. And so then that's why I'm getting, I'm saying all assault and battery you know, we should really rethink those laws or something. That's the trick he's he's pulling there. Okay, so yes, his defense of adult child sexual relationships includes that, but it also includes a lot of stuff he didn't put into this thread, which would make everybody say, right, Thad, so that's why people are so upset with you. Okay, and so for example, now we can circle back to when he did his gotcha to me, he said, did I hear you say you don't want the state to punish adults who have sex with minors? And I said, yes. And then he said, Jesus Christ, that is radical. Welcome aboard, Bob. Okay, so there he didn't say, did I hear you say you don't want the state to punish a 19-year-old for having sex with his 15-year-old girlfriend? He said, adults with minors. All right, and so there you go. He didn't say, did I hear you say you don't want the state to punish a certain subset of adult child sexual relationships. But of course, for the other ones, you want them to go to concentration camps. And then I say, yeah, oh, welcome aboard, Bob. No, he framed it as, you don't want the state to punish adults who have sex with minors. And I said, yes, because I'm a pacifist. And then he said, welcome aboard, all right? And you don't even need to go to external sources. This Twitter thread internally contradicts itself. So let me point that out. He says, I'm reading from this Twitter thread again. In the clip, I say that for many years as a teacher and writer, I have been, quote, making arguments in defense of adult child sex. And then he says, oh, over the last 36 hours, I received hundreds of death threats and been called a pedophile and pedophile apologist. Well, right there, that's all you need to see. A pedophile apologist is someone who makes arguments in defense of adult child sex. What is a pedophile? Go to the definition on Merriam-Webster, let's see. Or here's her wiktionary, for example. An adult who is sexually attracted to or engages in sexual acts with a child. Okay. So I think what Thaddeus is trying to get at here, the distinction he's drawing, he's like, no, no, what I mean by pedophile is a prepubescent one. And but you think he would say adult minor, for example, if he if he was trying to make that distinction. But no, he says. In arguments in favor of adult child sex. And then, oh, and I can't believe just because I made arguments in defense of adult child sex, I was called a pedophile apologist. I mean, that's, again, on a certain standard popular definition, if an adult, you say, hey, what's that, what's that term for, you know, adults who want to have sex with children? What would 99% of the public say? Again, let me rephrase that or, or say that again. Suppose you just grabbed 100 people and you said, hey, hey, you know, what's oh, the, the terms escaping me? 
the term we have for adults who want to have sex with children, everybody, at least 98 of them, would say pedophile. All right. The other two would say Thaddeus Russell. Okay. So again, this is not some crazy thing where people were misunderstanding. Thaddeus himself said he has made arguments for decades in the classroom. Well, he says for years, I don't know if he said decades, in defense of adult child sex. That's what a pedophile apologist is under standard definition. So this isn't like people don't know how Venn diagrams work. It's Thad being Thad. Okay. And then notice too, he then follows up with in this Twitter thread, we did not discuss our feelings about pedophiles. So let me do that now. Okay, so if pedophile is just someone who is attracted to someone and not a rapist, well, then the stuff that's talking about is is way too extreme, right? If a, if a pedophile, so it, ironically, it's Thaddeus who's being sloppy with definitions here. He should say, let me talk about my feelings about rapist pedophiles, but he didn't, right? So that would be like me saying, you know, I've been accused of, of defending men. So let me make my feelings about heterosexual men clear. I think they should all be sent to concentration camps because when you rape someone and they say, whoa, 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 so you don't mean just all heterosexual men, you mean rapist heterosexual men, right? Right, they would be that sloppy, the way Thaddeus is, is trying to use these terms. Okay, now when it comes to Thaddeus here in, in the same Twitter thread, he says, I presented my position on what should be done with pedophiles in this podcast starting at the 39... 30 minute, 32 second mark. And he links to a Liberty lockdown episode with Aliza, I don't know if it's Aliza or Eliza Blue and Thaddeus Russell. And so she's a human trafficking survivor and the advocate now. And so she was the guest on Liberty lockdown. And so this ran in July 3rd, 2021. All right. And so here, let me just play a little clip of this to show you guys the, the context. We're ready to bring in the man of the hour, <laughs> the man of Liberty Twitter hour. So if Mr. Russell, if you're there, if you could turn your video on for us. Hello. Uh, take a seat, Mr. Russell. Why are, why are you here today? <laughs> I'm sitting down. What do you want? <laughs> I was doing, I was doing my, my Chris Hansen impersonation. It was just a stupid joke. Uh, anyways, right. brother, <laughs> thank, thank you for coming, man. I, I know that you've uh, had your feet held to the fire all week. So Let's start by getting your opening salvo to what you thought about our conversation leading into this. Oh, with Eliza right now? Yeah, if you don't mind. I mean, just, if there's yeah. anything oh. that you took away from it. Were you listening to a different conversation? <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. No, I, that's great. I want to comment. I didn't know we were going to do this. This is great. Um, I want to say, first of all, Clint, thank you so much for doing this. Um, oh, you're pleasure. both Eliza and I think we agree on this. You're a real hero of freedom for doing this because Eliza and I think also agree that the main problem we've talked about this is that people literally will not, they're not willing or able to talk about these subjects at all, which causes tremendous harm to everyone, right? I, um, I want to say that. I want to say, Eliza, thank you for doing this. Thank you for the things you've said on Twitter about taking my ideas seriously, at least to talk about them without agreeing with them necessarily. Thank you for not calling me a pedophile and saying I should go into a wood chipper like many hundreds of people have in the last few days. Uh, and we need to talk about this. This is a real serious problem among people who have these ideas about pedophilia under every corner. It's doing a ton of damage. And, you know, I'm not playing the victim. I'm saying this is terrible for our culture that we have people who basically act as lynch mobs if there's even like the faintest possibility that someone might have something to do with pedophilia. And I never have in my whole life. And I have a mountain of evidence to show that. Sure. But the other thing I want to say about your work, Eliza, is that I have been working with sex workers for many years, sex worker activists, and they take quite a different position than you on some things. But the idea of taking the issue outside of the purview of the government is completely, as Clint was saying, just the only way we can go forward because you're absolutely right. The government is not our friend. It is not the friend of children who have been raped. It never has. And in fact, it's facilitated some rape of children, as you well know. Yes. And, and so that's really what I was at the bottom, what I was raising on Twitter this week, because I kept talking about the age of consent laws. That's what I'm primarily interested in. And I think that the age of consent laws need to be revisited and thought about, and we're not allowed to talk about it. I just raised questions about the age of consent and I get called a pedophile and lots of death threats. Okay. So I don't know if you folks caught that. At the time when Thaddeus presented his views on what should be done with pedophiles, 
right? And so, geez, I can't believe there's, there's any outrage over this interview I did with Kirshner. You see what happened? This occurred back in the summer of 2021. And when I told you this thing flared up originally, because again, when I did my critique, you know, some people behind the scenes were high-fiving me, but it wasn't a big deal. It was crickets. I was actually come somewhat surprised. But for whatever reason, in the summer of 2021, the thing did flare up again. Again, and well, I know why. It's because somebody asked Thaddeus on Twitter his position. Actually, I'll read you folks that in a second. And he, and, he, and he stated his views. And then people went nuts. And so that's when he was getting... So you, you heard in that interview, the reason he clarified his position on what should be done with pedophiles is because he hadn't set it up to that point. He was only saying it there because he had a bunch of people saying they wanted to feed him into a wood chipper. And so then he said, oh my God, I can't... You folks listened to my views and, and you, you walked away thinking, no, I want to feed them into... Or I want to put them in concentration camps. Give me a break. All right. So this wasn't like something, his longstanding view that was there for public consumption. He, quote, clarified what his view was after people were freaking out about what his actual position was. All right. So this, the way he's trying to play it now, like, man, I can't believe people just ignore my clear record here, of what my views have been all along. Okay. And now this is relevant too. So let me read to you what happened it was in late June of 2021. So again, this is why it, it erupted. Okay, so there's this guy, Lee. So I don't know if this thing from Lee is the actual straw that broke the camel's back or if this guy, Lee, was just piling on when the thing was already erupting for some other reason. But this clearly was the thing making the rounds and people were freaking out about it. So Lee says to Thaddeus, so again, this is in June, late June of 2021, and this is, was part of the controversy at the time that led to a bunch of people saying to Thad, we're going to feed you into a wood chipper. And so then he went on Clint's show to clarify, oh, no, I want them to be put in concentration camps. I don't know where anyone could get this. All right, so this is what prompted that. So this guy, Lee, says, honest question. A 13-year-old girl needs help with her math homework. Her 40-year-old teacher, who she finds herself attracted to, agrees to tutor her in exchange for, and then in quotation marks, consensual sex. In your view, is this ethical? Right? So he's saying that to Thad. Let me read that again. Honest question. A 13-year-old girl needs help with her math homework. Her 40-year-old teacher, who she finds herself attracted to, agrees to tutor her in exchange for consensual sex. In your view, is this ethical? And Thad's response to that, I'm not skipping you know, any intermediary tweets. This is his immediate response to that question was, it depends, of course, but I've known many people, women and men, who had sex with adults when they were 13 and never regretted it. Should the adults in those situations be locked up? And then Lee says, what does it depend on? And Thaddeus answers, the feelings of the child. Okay, so I think that was one of the things where people were flipping out about. So you can see when Thad recently in response to the libs of TikTok defended himself, he didn't, in addition to saying, the position Ivan defended includes a 19-year-old sleeping with his 15-year-old girlfriend. He didn't also say, and I've also said that, you know, a 40-year-old math teacher could have sex with a 13-year-old in exchange for tutoring services, as long as the 13-year-old is okay with it. He didn't say that. Why not? I mean, that's clearly, that should have been fresh in his mind, you know, that because that, that was one of the things that caused people to say he should be fed into a wood chipper, right? So you can see what I'm talking about, that no, people were not misunderstanding. He wasn't talking about tweaking the sex offender registry law because, yeah, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old. No, he explicitly was saying a 40-year-old math tutor with a 13-year-old girl, as long as the girl doesn't object to it, you're fine. Also, incident, let me just say it in case I forget. Later on, when, when Thaddeus is talking to Malice, he says, oh, oh the, you know, the ultimate authority figure here is the parents. He didn't mention that in response to Lee. He didn't say, well, it would depend on the 13-year-old's parents and what their views are. He didn't say that. He said it would depend on the 13-year-old. Okay. All right. Let me bring up something that came up a lot. And I don't know if I'm going to play this, if it's going to be in the clips that I'll play. But when Thaddeus is talking to Malice, do you say, no, 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 no. What, what Kirshner and I were talking was the age of consent. And in the interview with Kirshner, Thaddeus says he alludes to his Daily Beast article that was talking about the Roman Polanski case and the age of consent laws. Okay. So let me read some clips from or excerpts from that. So this is from, it was originally published in October of 2009. 
So remember, folks, go to bobmurphyshow.com slash 231 for all these links. My Thaddeus Russell. So he starts out, when I taught Introduction to American Studies at Barnard College, I asked my students a question that made me enemy professor number nine on the conservative Free Republic website. Roman Polanski's recent arrest reminded me of the public condemnation I received for asking that question, colon, who is too young to have sex with an adult? One of the most significant but overlooked facts of the Polanski case is that the Los Angeles district attorney quickly dropped the original rape charge but insisted that Polanski plead guilty to, quote, unlawful sexual intercourse with a minor, a violation of California's age of consent law. Whether Polanski actually forced the girl into sex is still an open question, semicolon. She has announced that she, quote, said no, but has also asked for the case to be dismissed. Yet it is significant that for 31 years, prosecutors have pursued Polanski across the globe to bring him to justice for only one crime, having sex with someone the state deems to be too young. Were Polanski to have consensual sex today with a 13-year-old girl in Japan, South Korea, or Spain, it would be perfectly legal according to these countries' codes. In more than 30 other countries, including Austria, Italy, and Liechtenstein, the age of consent is 14. All right? And I did this in my original episode. But let me just refresh your guys' memory. So Roman Polanski is the director of Rosemary's Baby and some other movies. His wife was Sharon Tate you know, who was the Charles Manson killings. Okay. So at the time, what what happened is Polanski was supposed to uh, take photos of this 13-year-old that he was going to be the guest editor of a, a magazine cover and he was going to, or a magazine, and he was going to take photos of her. And he was, and so then they they were in this, it was Jack Nicholson's house actually, but Nicholson wasn't there and they were there. And they're in the room by themselves and everybody agrees as to, you know, that there was a lot of sexual activity. It wasn't just missionary position, put it that way. And at the time, Polanski was 43 and the girl was 13. All right. So this is not a 19-year-old guy sleeping with his high school sweetheart and he just happened to be a few years older. And oh my gosh, look at how these crazy unintended consequences of these puritanical let no okay and so again coming back to this so this isn't merely you know thaddeus talking about depends on the feelings of the child so up till now we know that thaddeus is cool with a 40 year old sleeping with a 13 year old so long as the girl is cool with it but now when it comes to a case of a 43 year old film director sleeping with a 13 year old and the girl says to everybody that she said no and yet he pressured her into doing it against her will. Thaddeus isn't calling for Roman Polanski to be sent to a concentration camp. No, he's saying, and I'm reading again from his article, whether Polanski actually forced the girl into sex is still an open question. She has announced that she, quote, said no, but has also asked for the case to be dismissed. I wonder, I wonder what other explanation could there be that a 13-year-old not wanting to go up again, well, she's not 13 at this, you know, at the time of the controversy, not wanting to go up against a really powerful director who's buddies with Jack Nicholson and his world famous Hollywood culture. Why would, no, I mean, she asked for the case to be dismissed. The only explanation is she liked it and she was lying. I mean, that's pretty open and shut, right? Okay, so you guys get where I'm going with this. That again, Thaddeus is being Thad here. He is clearly defending things that are not only much older men with girls who are as young as 13, you know, he's on record there. But in cases where the girl comes out and says, I didn't want to do this. And again, prima facie, it's not like there was a long period and he got to first base and then six months later, he got to second base and then six months later, and he said, well, come on, young miss, you let the guy on. No, he was there to take photographs of her for some photo shoot. And on the first time they were alone together, well, this thing, I don't know what their previous interactions were, is when it went from zero to 120, all right? Like I said in my original podcast, there are so many things wrong with that. Even if she were an adult woman, you're mixing, you know, like that's just unprofessional. All right, so let's go ahead and start playing through the clips from his discussion with Malice. And for that, I simply say, as for all things regarding children, I defer to the parents. 
which is imperfect, but we've, I just think we have to do that. I know some libertarians actually go much farther and they want to grant autonomy, total autonomy to the children. I don't do that. We've got to defer to the parents on this question. So if the parents think any relationship with their child is improper, they can do whatever they want about that. They can stop it. They can attack the gut, whatever it takes. I am entirely for parents' autonomy on this. I said this last summer. I said it in my podcast. So, but that's rather than society having one blanket rule, right? That applies to everybody. I say, leave it to the parents. Okay. So that is now saying that his position is that the, really the ultimate arbiters here should be the parents of the child. Okay. I listened to his interview with Kirshner carefully. I read his Roman Polanski article. The Roman Polanski article clearly does not say, well, the girl's parents should have been consulted and we should look to them to see whether it was cool for Polanski to engage in anal and other things with their 13-year-old that they thought was there for a photo shoot. No, that's not what he said. The girl herself even said that she said no, and that's not enough for Thad, that she, you know, but the rest of her behavior is suspicious. Like I say, so I'm not laying down my life. I'm not betting a kidney that Thaddeus never said that in his interview with Kirshner, but I sure don't remember him ever saying that we should look to the parents of the children to see how they feel about it. He clearly on the Twitter thread there that erupted in the summer of 2021, when Lee asked him about a 40-year-old math tutor and a 13-year-old, Thaddeus says it depends. And Lee said, what does it depend on? And he said, the feelings of the child. He didn't say, and of course, the 13-year-old girl's parents to see whether they think this guy coming over to tutor their daughter in math should be having sex with her. He didn't say that. All right, so lots of opportunities for Thad to make it clear to everybody what his obvious views are. Oh, so parents. What I do remember, though, about when it comes to the parents and, and their role vis-a-vis their children is this clip from his interview with Kirshner. Come on. Children are coerced all day, every day to do all sorts of stuff, including stuff that is purely for the adult's gratification, which is also dangerous, like, like playing tackle football. Right. Okay. How many right. boys, how many boys are coerced by their dads into playing tackle football when they really don't want to, which we now know causes serious brain damage, right? Right. right. And need I go on? I mean, there's just time after, t- you know, instance after instance of, of adults coercing children to do things that they don't want to do. It's just nonstop coercion. It's, it's really a plantation. I mean, it's the family. Is it not? Like, there's no freedom in a family. Okay. So, yes. So, the only thing I ever remember Thad saying about parents is that they're the plantation owners and that their children are their slaves in this analogy. And the parents can force their kid to go play tackle football. And also, you know, who knows? Okay. So, let's go ahead and address that particular argument because Malice brought that up as well. But... You know, he brought up the argument that, you know, kids are forced to go to the dentist or they're forced to go like karate tournaments. So kids are not really in position to make consent. So that's fallacious. And I think to try to compare children and sexuality and getting your cavities filled, uh, Mm -hmm. a very unfortunate choice of words I just made, um, is really disingenuous. I don't know what word I would use, but Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that's a valid comparison at all. No, I mean, he was, he was going after the argument, and I have too in the past, the argument simply, the legal justification that because it's coercive, right, sex with a child is coercive, it must be illegal, right? So that's all. We were just taking that particular specific argument and saying, well, we coerce children all the time doing all sorts of things and not just taking them to the dentist, but we coerce them into doing stuff that's dangerous for our own benefits and pleasure. Like how many fathers have forced their kid to play tackle football, Right. This goes on all the time. The world is full of coercion for children. So to say this one thing must be carved out just doesn't make sense legally. That's all. Okay. So here, I made this point at greater length in my original response. This is just silly. All right. Let me put it motivated this way. You see a 10-year-old kid walking down the street with a $20 bill in his hand. And I say, you know what? I'm going to go and grab that $20 bill out of his hand. So he says, you can't do that. And I say, why? He said, well, because the kid's got rights. You can't just steal his stuff. Would it be a good response? He doesn't have rights. I mean, we can force him to play tackle football against his will, so I can clearly go take the $20 bill. Or rather, you need to come up with a better argument for why I can't take the $20 bill, because clearly kids don't have rights. Is that a good argument? 
no, that's a terrible argument. You can't steal from a kid just like you can't steal from an adult. Now, it's also true. We're walking down the street and we see a bunch of 12-year-olds getting off a bus. And I say, you know what? I would really like to see all these kids go play tackle football. Hey, kids, go over in that field over there and go play tackle football. And they say, we don't want to. And I said, it's tough. You're a child. Get over there. I can make you do whatever I want. Or I can make you play tackle football. That's clearly been established in our society. Does that follow? No, it does not. Random adults do not have the authority to tell kids to go play tackle football. The parents do. All right? So this is just incredibly sloppy. It's not that kids have less rights than adults vis-a-vis society at large. Actually, it's the other way around. If you want to talk about in reality and how our society works in terms of the legal structure that the state implements, like as an employer, you can't make a 16-year-old employee work as many hours as a 19-year-old. And they have to take, you know, more frequent breaks and stuff. All right. So that's the, just the bad logic that Thaddeus is using there is that, yes, there's certain areas where the child's parents have certain prerogatives and the child has less freedom vis-a-vis parents or legal guardians. And then from that, he's extrapolating. So also, therefore, kids don't have rights. And so the idea that you can't sleep with a kid because they can't meaningfully give consent that violates their rights, that's a bad argument. No, it's not a bad argument. Just like you can't go steal a $20 bill from a kid. And when you say why, it's because of the same general reason you can't steal a $20 bill from an adult. Let me just mention... In the interest of fairness, what Thaddeus and Kirshner were saying there, they were not arguing, hey, because adults can force a kid to play football, we should also be able to force a kid to have sex against his will. They weren't saying that. What they were saying is for people who say it's wrong for an adult to sleep with a child because the child has rights and can't meaningfully give consent, That's a bad argument, they allege, because look, there's all sorts of areas where adults force kids to do things against their will. So clearly it must not be that as a general rule, kids have rights and they need to give consent to stuff because kids don't consent to going to Aunt Sally's funeral and yet the parents force them, right? And so what I'm saying is that's a terrible argument, even though it's not as bad as the other one that a lot of people thought they were making, which is, hey, we force kids to do this. Why not force them to do this thing over here? You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. That's not what they were saying. All right, they were, but what they were saying was dumb. Okay, let's play a different portion of Thais's exchange with malice. What libertarians don't like to admit, and what gay rights activists don't like to admit, is that pro pedophilia arguments have been there from the beginning in both of these movements. This is the dirty, like Nambla with the gay rights movement, early libertarian party activists, uh, the guy who translated Max Stirner's book, or rather reprinted it, The Ego in His Own wrote poetry advocating for pedophilia under a pseudonym. When you're trying to take down laws, it's going to attract certain types of personalities. And the argument that they make is that these kids are not being raped. They are just giving consent. But the only reason that they regard it as abusive is because the rest of us are too uptight and we give the kids a complex. Do you agree with that argument? Again, I mean, so in the moment, I leave it up to the parents or the family or whoever, whoever the caretaker is, the adult caretaker. I don't know who else to leave it with, the, the decision to make about this thing, right? Uh, for me, I'm going to stop it. I mean, I can't imagine a situation, you know, my son, when my son was a child of ever allowing any kind of intimate relation with an adult with him. I never would. I couldn't imagine that. And I'd probably go a lot farther if I found out some guy was trying to seduce him, right? And also, the attempt that professor, I forget, I think it was at Old Dominion or something, and then Nambla, the argument there has been, as you said, to normalize it, to make it okay. Um, it is a sexual orientation, but I don't want it anywhere near us as a society. We can't have that if it's not controlled, if they can't control it. They have to be removed. So that's not my argument at all. I'm simply talking about the age of consent laws and the tremendous damage that's been done to so many people in enforcing them. And I, and I don't even have an answer. I don't have a number. I'm just saying we've got to examine this. And we also have to know that the United States has much higher age of consent laws than the rest of the world, pretty much. I mean, at the very minimum, we've got to like agree among Americans. We have different states with different numbers. It's crazy that you're a pedophile rapist in one state for doing something and the next state over, you're just fine because the age of consent is different. So no, I am not, I do not take the NAMBLA position. I had no interest in normalizing it, except to say, yes, it's a sexual orientation, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. And 
In terms of pedophiles being pleased about what I'm saying, I would be surprised by that, given what I mean. I want to put them away in concentration camps, and I would very likely attempt to kill one if I came across one doing that to a child. Okay. So Malice is clear about, hey, you know, Namble and these other groups, one of the arguments they make is that adults sleeping with children, there's actually nothing intrinsically bad about it. It's just society, you know, has this, this complex and that that's what the fallout is over. So we're so uptight. And if we just stopped thinking it was a big deal, then it wouldn't be a big deal because there's nothing intrinsically wrong, right? And Thaddeus dodges that. He actually doesn't, he goes off on a tangent about something else, but clearly is leading us to believe. I mean, so he says, no, I don't agree with that, but he framed it as if he was responding to something other than what Malice asked him. And here, it sounded like Malice had listened to the whole interview with Kirshner, or at least large portions of it. So I think Malice was just laying a trap and just letting Thaddeus, you know, giving him the rope with which he hanged himself. And then, but Malice didn't make it explicit and just moved on. So I'll be the one to point it out. Is it no, what Malice was doing there, whether he knew it or not, I think he did know, was literally just paraphrasing Thaddeus' own position right back to him to see if he would at least admit to what his position was. And Thaddeus ran like a gazelle from it. So here, let me play from his original interview with Kirshner, the relevant passage where he makes precisely the argument that he just ran from, that Malice was asking, is this your position? So here we go. There's a very slick, sophisticated postmodern argument, I guess, that says that the culture is what causes the harm in people. Cultural assumptions right. is, what, is what causes people to feel as if they've been harmed which ends up feeling like actual harm, right? And we know psychosomatic illnesses, it's sure. real, it's real, okay? I've had them, I know, you know I don't deny it at all. Yeah. They're realness in that way, but there is no physical basis for it. And there have been studies that have shown, I think there have been many studies that I think a majority of so-called victims of child sex abuse, basically, felt bad mostly about the fact that they enjoyed it. That's interesting. That there's a, a huge amount of guilt about having enjoyed it, having wanted it in some way. Okay, so notice, it's not merely that Thaddeus is saying, hey, this is something worth entertaining. He said he read empirical studies and that the majority of them found this. Okay, so this isn't some flight of fancy or some little interesting idea that he occurred to him while he was doing bong hits back in college and now it's understandable why it slipped his mind when Malice asked him about it. No, he was saying under the interview in question that was the whole source of this controversy, he said that he had read the literature and this is what the literature found. And now apparently he just forgot all that when Malice asked him about it. Incidentally, I don't think that's what the literature found. I didn't go and look for it, among other things. I didn't want there to be yet another weird search in my Google history when the FBI decided to drop the hammer on me. So I didn't go and research, you know, look up, what does the literature say about the long-term effects on children from, you know, having sex with adults? because that would be a weird thing to type into Google. At least you'd want to use Bing for something like that, Bob, come on. But what I think is going on is, or what may be going on, apparently, I've heard from people who know more about this than I do, in terms of the literature and the history of this stuff, that when psychologists or psychiatrists are dealing with people, you know, clients who were the victims as of young, you know, when they were young of sexual abuse from older people, that you know, depending on what happens, sometimes your body might physiologically respond a certain way to what somebody else is doing to you, just because, you know, because that's natural. And that then the person feels guilty about that because, yeah, I didn't like what was going on, but I couldn't help the fact that my body responded that way. And so that's why they might feel guilty. And then the, you know, the role of the counselor or whatever, the psychiatrist or psychologist is to work through that stuff and to say, hey, that wasn't your fault. You weren't giving permission just because your body responded in that way, blah, blah. So, that could be partly what it is not. Hey, I actually like this. And the only reason I feel bad about it is because society is telling me I should feel bad about it, which is the way Thaddeus is trying to package that. Okay. So there is that nuance. Like I said, I have not gone in and looked at these studies myself, but I'm just bringing up the fact that no matter what, whether the studies do say that what Thaddeus said or not, clearly when Malice asked him point blank, Thaddeus is just, well, I don't know what you're talking about. How could you possibly think that would be my view? Because you said that was your view and you were very proud of it. You said it was a slick argument and not like slippery and scary, but like, hey, hey, let's look at these guys. This is pretty neat. Also, too, on that, it's if you looked at the video when Kirshner is, is laying, because Kirshner was doing it too. 
let me actually just, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here and I, I don't want to miss this part either. So here, why don't we go ahead and play something? This has to do with the tightness of, is this just about a 19 year old and a 15 year old, right? So let me go ahead and, and play this part. This is relevant. I don't want to forget this in my notes. And there's also like oddities. So take statutory rape law. Now, of course, the age of consent varies from some states, but take a state where the age of consent is 17 or 18, and that's right. it, it's a four-year window. So you have a, a 23-year-old has sex with a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. and you think, okay, well, that, that's a felony. The person's going to do you know, real prison time for that. Yep. And you think, yeah, but if the 16-year-old had sex with another 16-year-old, that you think, okay, well, at least in some cases where they have Romeo and Juliet clauses, which would right. require you to be in like a three or four year window. You say, well, that's okay. I think, well, well, why is it harmful or right infringing or have some other wrong making feature for a 16 year old woman to have sex with a 23 year old, but it's not if she has sex with a 17 year old? Like, what, mm-hmm. what happens in the six years that turns nearly identical sex? From perfectly, um, yeah. you know, you know, outside the criminal law to something that's a serious felony. Yeah. Okay. So again, this is circling back to Thaddeus's trying to lead people to believe. Oh, all we were talking about was like a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old, or people who had a large gap, but then later ended up getting married. That—that's what we were talking about. And no, as he just showed in that clip, the guest was saying, "Hey, if it's okay for people who are just a few years apart to do it, then you know, what's the principal difference? Why not somebody who's much older?" Right. And you could hear what the, yeah, in his voice, if you're just listening to the audio of this. But if you saw the video, you would see that Thaddeus is sitting there with a grin on his face, a lascivious grin, agreeing with the guests. You know, he's not just, oh, I'm giving this guy a platform for his horrific views, but such as my devotion to John Stuart Mill's position that I must. No, Thaddeus is sitting there grinning like Shaggy. And I mean, Zoinks? Oh, Scoob, that, that Shaggy, not the, I want to show the nation my appreciation. Not that Shaggy, okay. With this lascivious, eager grin on his face as he's agreeing and saying, yeah. Okay, so he's totally in agreement with what Kirshner was saying there. So again, this is just going back to Thaddeus is clearly defending adult child sexual relations where there's decades of gaps in between the ages. All right, so don't let him convince you otherwise. Okay, but back to the malice. Anyway, let's see, is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Okay, here, how about this part? But I'm saying that, like, here's an example. You were on my podcast, and the example, we didn't really delve into it at length, that we get into it now, was mm-hmm. this drag kid, Desmond is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And drag is very body. It kind of mm-hmm. has vaudeville roots, mm-hmm. uh, very sexualized humor, not very subtle humor. You know, a lot of jokes about genital, sodomy, you know, oral sex, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So when you have this, I don't know how old he was, 10-year-old kid at these venues performing dances that are, you know, sexual dances and being around naked men at that age and being photographed with naked men. There was a photo of mm-hmm. him with uh, Drag Race winner Violet Chachki. Mm-hmm. And then to have this kid on Good Morning America telling the most banal population in the whole country, you know, white housewives, that this is basically the same thing as playing checkers. That is, to me, is an example of this kind of brave new world where things that, if you thought about it for five seconds, would at least raise eyebrows, but are presented as, you know, like just like oatmeal, like just nothing even worth commenting over. Mm-hmm. I don't know that case at all. I mean, I, I, you and I like mentioned it briefly, I think, at one point. I don't right. know the specific case, though. That, so I, I don't really want to comment on that. Okay, so... Thaddeus doesn't know who Desmond the Amazing is. Who's that? Hang on a second. Let's play from a different interview when Thaddeus had malice on his show. Okay? Take a listen. Okay, here's why I love drag queens. Here's why I am the leading historian of black drag queens. It's because I believe in American history, they have represented the perfect anti-Puritan. Oh, yes. They are perfectly, I think, in every category, in every way, anti-Puritan. They are the opposite of those f***ers and the weird hats who gave us the shitty culture that we have still... Um, Even suffer, geographically. ...suffer under. Okay, so again, that was from an earlier interview when Thaddeus had malice on his show. And so you can see that Thaddeus is referring to himself as the leading historian on the drag queen culture. So 
I admit I couldn't find Thaddeus literally saying stuff about Desmond the Amazing back in his other interview with Malice. But that would be like me saying I'm the leading economist on capital theory. And then someone says, oh, what do you think about Thomas Piketty and his book on capital? And I say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, I've heard of Desmond the Amazing. That's like popular among you know right-wingers who think the culture is screwed and we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Desmond the Amazing floated around for a while when he was big. Okay, so the idea that Thaddeus doesn't even know who that is, I find that it's not like Thaddeus is off in the ivory tower publishing academic papers defending adult child sexual relationships. No, he mixes it up on Twitter. So he's in the culture too. So the fact that he doesn't know who I can't prove that he does, but I find that very implausible. He's acting with Miller. I don't even know who this guy is. What are you talking about? Okay, let's play another clip. Here he's telling Malice about how he's a big fan of Puritanism. And he thinks, you know, oh, it's necessary for a nation. It's just sometimes, you know, they overreach. But you've spent so much time attacking Puritanism and mm. you, better than anyone, have explored how Puritanism is so prevalent in our culture that we think we're so far removed from Plymouth Rock when how could that be when we're the same people in many ways other than those of us who are immigrants, but certainly permeates our culture. And you use that very much as a negative word when is Puritanism okay and when isn't it okay? <laughs> Puritanism is great for building nations, you know? I mean, the discipline that's inherent and that's central in it, you know, that's that built our bridges and our roads and our government and our tanks and our factories and all of it, right? It's also important in regulating your body, your individual life. Even though I'm famously anti-Puritan, I basically live like a Puritan. I mean, I work all the time, you know, I'm always disciplining myself. I'm very orderly. I obey the time and I stop myself. This is the important thing. This is the relevant thing. I stop myself constantly from acting on my urges to do other stuff that's not work, that's fun or pleasurable, right? And sex is one of those things, right? Constant regulation of myself. Now, if I didn't do that, if I didn't regulate myself, I would get nothing done. I would be, you know, I would live a very bad life. So I've never said that Puritanism must be thrown out entirely. It's absolutely necessary. I think on page four of my book, I say we need some element of Puritanism in any society or else we'll look like Haiti, you know, or we'll look like, we'll look like a third world, you know, nightmare of a country. And here's from his earlier discussion with, well, that, that's, I think we, we caught it in the clip, right? That you've got the white hats. And so I don't need to replay that clip, right? So you just see folks how, Again, not perhaps an explicit contradiction, but it was not coming through before this current thing, right before Thaddeus finds God, that he was a big fan of Puritanism. And incidentally, too, I had people send me page, the early pages of his book, The Renegade History, and at least the portion I saw, there's a portion on page four where Thaddeus is saying, hey, we couldn't all be renegades if we were society would fall apart. We need people to take out the garbage, that kind of stuff. He doesn't defend Puritanism by term. Okay, so again, at best, that's being a bit slippery. Okay, let me play you just one final clip again to document the complete. There's two Thads apparently. There's a Thad talking to Malice before the recent controversy erupted, and then there's the Thad now. So the Thad now we know defers to the parents and is horrified at the idea of adults influencing kids and their views on sexuality. Some of that I didn't play in the clips that you heard on this show, but for those of you who watched the full interview, you know what I'm talking about, that you know, Thaddeus is not merely talking about deferring the parents, but in response to Michael's concerns about kids being brought to drag queen shows and such, Thaddeus is very adamant about, he's aghast at the idea that adults might be putting ideas into kids' heads with that stuff. And, you know, and perhaps with his Desmond the Amazing, who Thaddeus doesn't know about that case, but if he did, he probably would be concerned just like Malice is, right? So again, that's Thaddeus now after he gets in hot water. Let's play one final clip from when they had a discussion. It was back on the unregistered podcast. That was episode 126. And so this was, if you care, August 10th of 2020. All right. So I, I don't think I had actually said the date in case you want to have that in your head. Obviously, folks, all this stuff I will link at bobmurphyshow.com slash 131. So again, this final clip is just to show Thad's views about do we need to be very protective of children in a sexualized culture? This is what he said when Malice brought up some concerns like this back in August of 2020. 
I agree with the Tradcons that it is not appropriate for drag queens to be around kids. And I'm more concerned about what this means for the counterculture than I am for these kids. Wait, I'm also concerned with the kids. You want to keep drag queens away from kids? Why? Because this is, it's the same way you keep strippers away from kids. Why? Like this is, this is for grownups. Why? Because I don't think kids should be around naked men. Because it's sex? Sexual? No, because I think it's inappropriate. Yeah. So you think kids should be separated from sex, sexuality and sex? Yeah. All right. Why? Because I think it's a slippery slope. Two? Sex with kids. Oh, okay. So once, so if we show them drag queens next thing, we, you know, we're going to be having sex with kids? No, the next thing we know, that kid who's maybe being attacked won't think it's inappropriate. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. All right, this is for another show. We'll have that debate. Again, no mention of... Well, I mean, of course, we defer to the parents. No, nothing like that. He's just chuckling at the uptight malice being concerned about bringing kids around. Hey, well, that's, that's a different discussion. We'll have a different time. So I will stop it there. I believe I have documented the two Thaddeuses. And of course, one could say... Bob, why are you surprised? He's on record not believing in truth. So, what, you know, what? why is this surprising? It's still important, I feel, for someone to go ahead and just document this stuff. Because again, the, the reactions I was seeing to this is, oh, finally, someone's given him a chance to clarify his position. Thank goodness. And I don't think that's what was happening here. In general, I think this whole episode is just another piece of evidence that we're living in bizarro world. If you had asked me when I was younger, do you think that there will be people openly advocating adult-child sexual relationships and that, you know, Bob, you'll have to take the time to go through and explain why, no, that's, that's not cool, and uh, dismantle those arguments, I would not have thought that would be the case. Just like I wouldn't have thought the New York Times would have a front-page headline saying the president had a secret kill list and that nobody would care. So there's a lot of stuff making me wiser and would be depressing if I didn't know Jesus. So with that, I will wrap up this episode and thanks for your attention, folks. Catch you next time. You've just experienced another episode of The Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit bobmurphyshow.com.